0: Okay, KJ. Jesus, little scrubs I got money, be of me, money in the bank. Money in the bank. That's right. You're listening to Money Talks.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's not exactly our, our, probably our audience's choice, but probably it's a not, good fit. Well, in, in getting to uh, some of these listener questions this week, Troy, one of them actually uh, kind of got me to thinking and, and sort, of, uh, sort of revisit some of the questions I've had over the course of this week from actual clients and wondering, you know, how might uh, the recent bombing uh, that happened uh, over in Afghanistan as well as some of the things happening in North Korea might affect the market, given that it is already sort of uh, teetering with, you know, these all-time highs and, and being at a point where there's some concerns by most people about how much higher we can actually go. Yeah. You know, how, how might these things happening overseas and, and globally affect uh, where, where we stand?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, well, I mean, here's the thing. I, I'm not, I haven't pulled any punches. The, the market does look a bit expensive to me. We're about 2%, a little more than 2% off of uh, the March – first highs, which were all-time highs in the S&P 500. Um, but if you if you look at what happened the day after uh, bombs were dropped uh, in Syria, uh, the market kind of shook it off. I think we were down six basis points, 0.06%, basically a flat market on the day that that occurred. So it doesn't look to me like things are... are you know the the market at least is too worried about what's going on right now uh i know there were those that worried it was part of the election campaigning against uh president trump that uh uh you know he was gonna be be quick to act and and that sort of thing it's uh, you know we still don't have sufficient evidence that that is the case um but you know it's uh it's all up in the air now Part of the question that we had, and this was from uh, John Edward from Loganville, he said uh, now that we've seen Trump's willingness to take action, where do you stand on military defense stocks like Northrop Grumman, uh, General Dynamics, and Raytheon? Uh, to be honest with you, I think uh, these stocks all got a huge boost right after the election. Um, and if you look back over history, usually during the time of war is not the time to go out and buy these defense stocks. For the last four or five years, these things have all flown. Uh, they've they've been getting a boost as as uh, turmoil heated up in the in the uh, Middle East. We saw a good bit of that. But uh, uh, at the moment, I don't think it's time to just you know have a knee jerk reaction and go buy a bunch of defense stocks. So uh, when we left, we were talking a little bit about defense and and uh, some defense stocks and whether or not. Um, you know, this is going to derail the market What's going to go on I think when the conversation is Will this derail the market uh, I think it's probably easy to say That, you know, people are a little bit nervous sure. But uh, at the same time We haven't seen huge reactions So, you know, why don't we take these in, in order Northrop Grumman um, It's got a PE to growth 3.45% Jerry, what do you say? A little expensive,
1: right? That is quite expensive Yeah, yeah. it's
0: expensive Yeah uh, we got Raytheon at uh, 2.4, uh, 2.66 P.E. to growth.
1: What do you think? I think I'm staying away from all three of these. Yeah, I think
0: exactly. They're all really expensive. Uh, they have varying debts. I, I'll tell you, there's been a, there was a study done uh, after World War II that showed, you know, if you had bought defense stocks after the uh, bombing of Pearl Harbor, that you would have trailed the market the the remainder of the market actually did better uh than defense stocks after that fact. And part of the reason is if you think about what happened then and Lord forbid we have something that's this full blown and global, but uh there was not enough capacity in, in the um uh in the defense contractors, so you had to get other industrial companies to come out and help the war effort, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. uh you know that's that's probably uh, one thing that you think about, it's it's not going to drive your stock higher. It seems like where uh, if you wanted to invest in in the defense, uh, go to the intelligence side of of yeah. the industry. So it's you know where where uh, our domestic government is is uh, spending money to to. Uh, figure out what's going on. Maybe some of those is it Blackstone? I think. Yeah, uh, was this one of them.
1: contractor? Yeah. Some
0: of those, some of those type contractors, and it's not, it's not investable because it's a private company. But that seems to be where most of the money's spent. Ultimately, these stocks look expensive, and I wouldn't really recommend yeah. them. We do own Lockheed Martin. We've owned it for a long time. Uh, we own it for its dividend, and we still think it's a great play for that particular piece. Dividend, the dividend is not in uh, in peril. We don't think that it would be cut anytime soon. We monitor that constantly. If we've got a stock that we hold for the dividend, and I know this kind of ties back into what we were talking about with spending your money, uh, if you're reliant on the dividend, um, two things. You surely don't want it to get cut, right? Right. You want to make sure that earnings are, are going to be sufficient to cover it, and when would you get most nervous? Is during a recession, right? When, right. when uh, uh, economic growth slows, economic activity slows, uh, earnings could be cut and could become insufficient to cover that dividend. So if you're buying a stock for that purpose, watch it like a hawk. That's what we do. That's it. All right, guys. uh, Got a uh, uh, another question here from
1: Paul and Kelly. Paul
0: and Kelly says uh, we'd like to send our daughter to a private school like Walker or Lovett. Good schools.
2: Hello.
0: She has the uh, academic testing and teacher recommendations, but we're concerned as to how to to pay for it. She's now eight, and we'd like to enroll her by the eighth grade, uh, about three years from now any particular savings vehicle we should consider.
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, guys, there is a a very specific account for this, and it's certainly not your only option, but I would say maybe the most optimal one uh, would be a Coverdell ESA or Coverdell Education Savings Account. Uh, Now, I will say at at her age, which is, as you you said now, Troy, eight, uh, and and you're looking to maybe start using some of this by the time she's in eighth grade, uh, it's probably not going to be of significant benefit to you just given the fact that there are some limitations. Time horizon. Right, right, exactly, with with how much you can put in year to year, uh, which is – annually per beneficiary up to $2,000. Right. Uh, So it may not be able to stash away a whole lot in an account like this, but certainly uh, your ability to do so would would provide you with the benefit of uh, pulling uh, the assets back out tax-free. Now, you don't get a tax deduction for contributions to the Coverdell uh, ESA, but you will be able to pull the money out so long as it's for a qualified education expense uh, completely free of tax. And so it's certainly a a benefit that you otherwise wouldn't have if you you chose not to use this account now this is different from say a 529 plan that cannot be used uh for secondary education like what we're talking about here and so while that's also a good um a good vehicle to save for education is not one that would be relevant in this case. Yeah, it's exactly. more college savings. It's college 5. savings. Exactly. 529
0: is going to be college. Now, so, the, Coverdale, however, ESA
1: the Coverdale can, can be used
0: college, for college. Exactly. Right. But it can also be used for the primary education. Yes. So so you can uh, you can pay for tuition to a private school, uh, private high school, middle school, whatever it is. Uh, yep. the, the biggest limitation, as you pointed out, uh, Jared, is, is the fact that it – you just can't save much money to it unless you start really early now right. if you're out there thinking you're you know you just had a baby and you think that you're going to send that child through uh uh through private school uh from the beginning uh, even kindergarten you right. could uh, you can do that as long as it's an educational expense and that's pretty broadly defined um I think you can buy computers that are used for for school uh the there's textbooks There's a lot of lots flexibility. of stuff yep. uh, within that coverdale so um just as a way of declaring, I send my children to a private school and at the same time uh, I have a coverdale e s a and to be honest okay. we I use it kind of as a backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that we were uh, hopeful to send our kids to a private school, uh, and, and we began saving when they were very young, before they were remotely close to uh, school-aged children. So, um, you know, we saved for a while, and, and here's the beauty of it, as a backup plan, you know, when you get to college, uh, you'll obviously want to start spending it down so the money doesn't go to waste. But if you right. get to the end with one child, and both of them have a, an account, um, you can use the the remnant of of the one child on the second, so you yep. or someone else. You can actually uh, assign that that uh, ESA yeah. the Coverdale ESA to another child.
1: Right. You right. got the oppor- you got the opportunity to change beneficiaries if necessary, but the account has to be uh, distributed in full by the age of. Thirty, uh, and if it's not, then you may run into some income tax and, and penalty uh, situations for that. But surely, if you're going to use it for secondary education and even some college funds, uh, given the, the limited amount that you can get away in these plans, a stash away, anyways. Uh, you, you probably will spend that down, assuming uh, you know your, your child goes to college or even a private school that um, you know is not is not all that uh, well expensive.
0: Yeah. So, So, and the other thing is you said they have to be used by 30 or, Mm -hmm. you know, by the time that child reaches 30. So you could easily pass it to another or, you know, if they wanted to go to grad school and you still hadn't used it up. um, Or take a break. A lot of folks go to to college for a year or two. It's really not mature enough to do it. Uh, Sure. Take a break and realize that they had made a mistake and go back. So, um, you know, it does give you plenty of flexibility. It's the reason that I like it. I I still agree with you, Jared. It's uh, way limited. Absolutely Alright we got another uh, question here Michael from Marietta We can make this relatively quick uh, How was the repeal of the F- FCC primary rules for ISPs, that is, uh, internet service providers, going to affect the stocks. Uh, uh, what's at stake here is privacy. It's individual privacy. Uh, Barack Obama's administration put some uh, limitations on what the internet service providers could could uh, use your personal information for. That's been lifted, right? Yep. So uh, what's going to happen? Well, it, it all depends, I guess. Now that it's not against the law. They could do pretty much whatever they want to, however it's a a point of contention with their with their customer base, so you got a t t came out and said, "Hey, look, in no way, shape, or form are we going to use your information, sell your information uh and and uh you know that's good enough, except for the fact that uh, when you define." What they mean by that—it's a little bit fuzzy. <laughs> right. uh, Comcast, who a lot of folks expect to be the one who leads with this—you know, we're going to sell it. You're going to get more directed ads. Uh, we'll know more about you, and so will the advertisers. Mm-hmm. Although you can't name somebody specifically, uh, it's kind of an issue. I personally believe that, uh, due to their image, they're probably—and the fact that folks would start dropping them like hotcakes—they're uh, probably not going to get too crazy with this. Okay. Right. All right, guys, so uh, we're coming up on the end of the show. Jarrett, what am I going to ask you?
1: Yeah, probably how the market's going to perform over the, the next week. Is the market up
0: or down next week? Come on, man. No, i got to right.
1: tell you, I want to be optimistic this week and say it's uh, it's going down, which really means it's going up, because <laughs> every time I say something, it goes in the That's, opposite direction. There you so, go. Well,
0: there's old wrong way <laughs> McKenzie. All right, DJ, what do you think? Uh, we're going up. Up. I, uh, I'm i broken record. I always say up. Been a slice of heaven, guys. It's been yep, fun. Thanks. Yeah, we'll, uh, As always. We'll be back next week. Y'all uh, hang tight. Have
1: a good weekend.
2: All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only.